0: Get ready golf lovers. The boys are teed up and ready to go. And thanks to Inside Golf. Welcome to another episode of Backspin, brought to you by Inside Golf, Australia's most red golfing publication. My name is Larry Canning and as usual, right next to me, Super Coach Gary Barter. Hello guys. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, what's what good show.
1: Oh, it's a good show I mean, today. And we
0: always have a great show, but this is even gooder. Yeah, it's better. It's even better. <laughs> uh, we'll be having an intriguing chat with one of the most sought-after brain and mind coaches, experts, Andy Matthews, Director of Performance Neuropeak Pro in Michigan, live to us on this podcast, which is recorded. <laughs> so it's a live recording. He works with over 60 players from all major tours, including Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, the absolute who's who of golf suits and, and Nick Hardy. And Nick Hardy, yeah, you want your charges, yes. This is intriguing, I love this sort of stuff, Gary, because I've never really had much experience with it myself in my playing days, your playing days, did you ever any... Well, you didn't need it, because your, your mind, you were calm. I was i was brittle, I was Balsa Wood. that was my nickname, <laughs> I think, I called it, yeah, I was terrible, but uh, I would have loved this sort of advice back then. Everyone's getting it now, and you, you hear commentators often referring to it, and players when they're interviewed, referring to it, but I've always wondered what it really is, and... and Andy Matthews is going to be be able to explain all that to us and I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be talking about you and I, I guys, what's going on in the merger. The world of golf has suddenly paused. It's in stop mode and we're trying to work out where we're all going with it. You've been to the most uh the second most recent Live golf event, the Greenberg tournament. Um and which is which is a, obviously this is this tournament is being played after the merger was announced in June. So I'll be interested to hear if you have anything more to to add to what we're hearing over here, having been to the live tournament? Um, well, like, I can tell you, Bryson shot fifty-eight. Oh, yes, definitely that. Mm. Yes, and I'll, we'll cover that and, and how that round was perceived. Because a lot of lot of critics had a bit of a crack at it that it wasn't the most wasn't a very significant round of golf, and I'm sure you've got a different opinion because you were there. Greg Norman is he going to be in the queue at Sandalick next Monday? Is what's it will be interesting to hear he's, what he's, your view on he, that he's, is? He's still there. Yeah, and we'll talk about that. And there's the relegation system coming up soon, Gaz. Of course, that's, uh, and I believe Jed Morgan is on the edge of being relegated. He's still fine at the moment. Is he? Oh, good, and we'll talk about that. The last show we had, Gaz, we talked about the new Ping G40. We spoke to Colin Field, the expert in that, and I won't try and remember his title because it was about seven words long, but he gave us a good idea of what the Ping G430 was all about. I was watching um, the Scottish Open, as you probably were, And I saw that shot Rory hit into the 18th in the Scottish Open to win that three iron, graphite shafted utility iron, held it off at this beautiful little fade, won the tournament, was favourite going into the Open, didn't win that. Um, But that, that prompted me to try again to work out my own personal 60 plus year old, 65 year old man trying to work out how to create my perfect set numbers and, and, and you know, what, what's up the top end driver. Do I have a three-wood? Do I have a hybrid? Do I have one of these irons? Do I have these new utility woods that are coming out? So I had a bit of a, f- a flirt with that again, and I know I've talked about this on air before, but I came up with something really interesting, uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, you've got a tip, guys, um, and we don't know what it is yet because we're going to surprise the, the listeners with it, or do you have something in mind? I'll I'll get organised the next twenty minutes. Can can I can I throw this at you? <laughs> because one of the things I found when I was when I was hitting this um, this and iron, I'll talk utility iron, I'll talk about later, was how how I could manipulate the ball with it, and 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 suddenly I thought, well, let's try it out of the rough, and let's try it off a downhill line. Let's try a punch out with it. Do do we ever practice these things? I don't think we do. I, I certainly didn't. I could punch a ball out from under the trees if I had to. And I wasn't in there enough, so yeah, I, pro- you, I probably you, didn't need to
1: practice Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you definitely should.
0: You should. <laughs> well, let's, can we talk about that? Well, we can. We can. Yeah, whatever. Well, we have to now, because I've just said it on, on, on live on, live on yeah, this recording. No, show.
1: I'm, I'm just thinking about that shot that Rory had inspired you. And there's definitely the Indian and the arrow, but the arrow can help. <laughs> It can help, but I think I think where he would have hit that from, you could, have, you, you, you could have you could have teed up a driver from where he hit that. Oh, from. No, I'm not I'm not suggesting and that I was anywhere <laughs> near where
0: you were. I might be 70 yards further closer to the green. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Do we have anything we're going to be angry about today? Guys, with last last show we talked about how we're still waiting for the for any news at all on the merger. Do we have anything that annoyed us? Um, we've just watched the
1: FedEx Cup finals finish. Victor Hoblin? Well, I think what annoys us is that is Brian Harmon. Yeah, but I think what annoys us is that that the system they've got that final event in the handicap ah, system. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about that. And clearly, it's something that no one can work out.
0: Yep. And actually, now that you've brought that up, I had a conversation with my son Heath, a PGA member as well. Um, he has an idea, and I've been knocking this this stable for whatever you call it, handicap system, for since mm. it came out, but. I, if you're going to knock something, you really should have an alternative to it, and I've never had, never found that, but I reckon Heath has a beauty my son, yeah, so I'll, I'll put that on air and embarrass the living awesome. out of my son. <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> to hearing that. All this, Gaz, and more coming up after this. You're tuned to Backspin with Larry Canning and Gary Barter. So, guys, you went to Greenbrier, the live tournament uh, played there. The, the most significant factor of that week was the 58-shot by to Shambo, but mm. um, before we get to that... What what's the what's the gossip? What's the talk? What's the chatter amongst all the live players about what what's the, the merger? Where it's going to go? Is live golf going to be live golf? Is there going to be such a thing? Is it going to be a different framework? And and along along
1: with that, Greg Norman, it, it, does he have a job? The poor old fella. Well, I can tell you, Greg was there just like normal. So he's still the CEO or commissioner, whatever his title is. Still business as usual. Nothing's changed. He was still there with the players, still doing what he normally does whenever I go to a live event. So that, yeah, the press that we saw four, five, six, seven, eight weeks ago, whenever that was announced, yeah, the and about Greg not being involved, that clearly, from what I can see, is false. Yeah, okay. So he's, he's still the same. He's still very much involved. So he seemed happy, excited about the future. And as far as the that original meeting where it was announced that- With the, with the Saudi Arabian POF and,
0: and the PGA yeah, Tour.
1: Yeah, that they were, they were going to come together and they were working on a plan moving forward. Well, we're still waiting for what that mm, plan is. Okay, okay. There's still obviously things happening behind the scenes. Nothing's been announced. I was at the 3M Open the week before Greenbrier, the PGA Tour event. Yep. With Nick Hardy, and on the range, even the even those players are not sure what's going on mm. moving forward, and then the live players aren't hearing anything. So there's definitely a shutdown at the moment. Something's happening behind the scenes, and I wish I could give you some insight, but I just I just haven't got anything.
0: Interesting, yeah, because we're getting
1: nothing out of no. here. I did hear there was a a Jay Monahan
0: addressing the media a couple of weeks ago in Memphis, I think. And um, it was uh, just a really long winded political speech. It was like a politician would have been proud of every word Monaghan was saying. And I guess that's the only thing he has to offer at this stage because, given you know, that it is still going on behind
1: closed doors. I, I, think, I think what's going on is how to bring these live players back mm. in regard to the way they exited. Some exited by giving up their membership. Some yeah, didn't. Okay. And I think it's how do, we, how do we bring them back? What sort of, if you want to use the word penalty yeah, yep. or suspension or do they go back on the same category they mm, were on before? Mm. Like when Matt, who obviously I've worked with, when Matt left the PGA Tour, he was 67, 68 in the world. And then since that- and I think he was 38th in the FedEx Cup mm. at that time, and, and now he's gone out to like 250 in the wow, world because he, he can't gain any points. Gee, that'd be the biggest drop in anyone, wouldn't it? Nah, no, no, oh, oh no, no. When you when you look at when you look at a lot of them, they've really moved out outside where they were. Cam Cam hasn't because he's mm. been able to play He'll really play well in the majors. As as Kepka, right? And then if if a guy like Matt. Is or if the if these tours do come together and Matt can go back on the PGA tour, how does he get back to the like what category it is again? Now I think they're trying to work out all that stuff. I think
0: with, with this with this speech that uh, Monahan was 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 saying, um, he did he was asked the question were were there any other parties being looked at or showing interest in taking on the new co. PGO Tour, which is the for-money, for-profit side of it, um, uh, other than the PIF, Saudi Arabia PIF fund. And he said, yes, there's, there's been a lot of interest in it, which I found fascinating. That That's, that's really highlighted everything in the 30-minute speech that, that I had to listen to to get to that last. But It was right at the end, too. I thought, wow, there's, could that actually happen? Could there be someone that would take on the PGO Tour in its current state, which is a little financially fragile, Mm-hmm. Um and expect some kind of return pretty quickly because I mean Saudi, the Saudi money, um, it, it's it's almost a bottomless pit. Uh, they would like, I, I imagine, some kind of return for their, their investment at some point, but they're not in any rush. But but some multinational well, I think, I
1: think, company think, would be right. I think one of the big parts of the of Jay getting together was the litigation. Yes, and to drop the litigation.
0: Yeah, there's something behind the scenes there. Definitely, we're not hearing yeah. about that, are we? Mm. Something going on there.
1: So watch this space.
0: Yeah, still, sorry, listeners, we have yeah. nothing more to offer than that. Um, but I think you'll find no one else has unless you're in behind that closed door sitting next to Jay Monaghan. Um, Gaz, look, 58, a round of 58 on, on a PGA Tour. Former pj Tour a golf course, is that right? Yeah,
1: Appleby shot fifty nine. Fifty
0: nine, the same course, yeah. So it's it's clearly um, up for a low one, but that's a f- hell of a round. It's been under underplayed by a lot of critics of live golf because it's live. It, it happened in live.
1: Yeah, but look, the the, cor- the course is just magnificent. The condition of it is extraordinary. It's a proper golf course. There's water. There's bunkers. There's trees. It's a it's a great golf course, but it's a it's a golf course that. Probably with the modern technology, or not probably, the modern technology mm. has outdated it. Mm. So it's a course that they did extend a couple of tees apparently from back in the day, but I've been saying to everybody that's asked me since I've come back, I said, look, when you get a golf course where you got three par fives you can hit mid-irons into, mm. you've got probably eight par fours where you give these guys a a pitching wedge or a sand iron in for the second shot and par threes that are seven irons, the way they play nowadays, they're, they're going to chew that place up. And, you know, obviously I went around, I watched a lot of golf that week. Generally, you look at it, now 58's extraordinary. And Bryson, if if people did watch that round of golf, he still probably made Eight, 8 to 12 putts between 20 and 10 feet, mm. like made them all. You miss them all and you shoot- Yeah, 66. You or shoot 60. 68 or something. <laughs> so I I still think it's a phenomenal round of golf, but clearly, clearly the course- is exposed itself to yeah. that happening. And, and it, it happened many years ago with Appleby.
0: Yeah, it's just a number now, isn't it? 59.58, 50, yeah, it's just a number. Well, it's another, yeah. it's a bloody good number. But it's, but a
1: it's mentally to, to do that is, yes, is extraordinary. Yes,
0: Extraordinary. Yes. And he ended with, what was it, 30 feet on the last, 40 feet on the last lasty hole to make that, to shoot 58.
1: Oh, incredible. The That's longest
0: a, putty made all day, yeah, apparently. Yeah, it's incredible, but it's a proper golf course. It's a, So his golf game goes, because I, I was stunned... You you warned me how much this guy works on his game mm. before and after they play every day. I had no idea it was the to degree that it was that I saw in Adelaide. Yeah, it was
1: astonishing. First there, last to leave every single day. Oh no, it's incredible. The guy, the guy, the guy is—he's just so dedicated, so driven. You can see it's almost like he wears his caddy out. Mm. Like just mm. the just the time that he spends and dedicating himself to the game. Good, Blake. I, I get along well with him. Yeah, I get along very well with you him. You've talked swings and stuff with him, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I have. He's he's asked me some stuff. Uh, he's he's very engaging. He's He loves the game. He loves the history of the game. He's he's so committed to the sport. And, you know, whether – I'm not sure of his relationships with a lot of the other players. He seems to get along pretty well with them. But I, I think the biggest shift for Bryson in the last 12 months is just – looking at that, that pathway he took, building himself up. Oh, going, phys- physically. Yeah, going, yeah, on, going yeah. on that pursuit of distance, that, that sort of single-minded attitude towards hitting it as far as he could, getting as big as he could, as strong as he could. Mm. I think he even dabbled in a couple of world-long drive yep, he did. Yep. little tournaments. But that that, he felt upset his technique. Mm. And now he's definitely trimmed down. He's definitely gone back to more a normal technique, not just trying to hit it as far as he can. But as he said, he still hits it further now, but with a lot more control. He's still the longest, isn't he?
0: It's unbelievable. Oh, he won that tour. I mean, I, I saw it in Adelaide, and there were some bloody healthy healthy hitters there with Kebke and Dustin Johnson.
1: Oh, it's unbelievable. He's un- longer than it, all that. It, yeah. It's unbelievable how far he hits it. It's just, it's just incredible.
0: Yeah.
1: So, very impressive. 58. I still think it's got credibility.
0: Good, good. Yeah. The, the 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 actual format the three rounds um, dare I say the fact that you're only going to come 48th you're not going to miss the cut mm. um, what was the last round so I guess that doesn't really apply but that sort of format that quick got to make birdies format we saw that with Taylor Gooch in Adelaide at Glenelg, Um the two under the 20 under par after two rounds there so it does lend itself to low scoring would you would you agree a bit more so than a PJ two event
1: yeah, Kevin 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 Chappell, who's a PJ tour player who practices at Matt's home course in the States, he, he likened it to the fact that it does lend itself to that aggressive scoring in the fact that he, he he used the analogy if you if you ask someone to walk on a balance beam that's four inches off the ground. Oh, that old one. Yeah. Yeah, they just walk across nut. it. Yeah, yeah. But if you put it up in the air yep. fifteen feet, they, they get a little more, more mm. careful. So he he felt that, but i i haven't seen i haven't seen that so much. I, I, I it's funny the players are still trying to shoot a score. They're still trying to play, but I don't think they get up there and just think, "Well, I'm just going to rip mm. drive off this okay. hole. I don't okay. care what I, what I shoot." They still care what they shoot. There's still that mechanism in them to, you know, be thoughtful. Mm. Still trying mm. to shoot a good number, but without being crazy reckless. Yeah.
0: Yep. Okay. Yeah, we'll move to the Open. Brian Harman. Um, a lot of a lot of talk about Brian. Was he? Uh, is he a horses for courses? Does he have to play a short course? Is he, um, the ball striker in in terms of stats that some of the others are? Was he a worthy champion of the Open? Was it a disappointing Open because he won by so many? I've defended him um, with all my conversations with people that have had a crack because I think. My when I looked at the distance was the first thing. I mean, it's horses for courses. By that I mean, not a very long course, playing a little firmer because it's an open. Um, so distance wasn't so so much of a of an issue for that week. But he was spot on average, right in the centre of average length on the on the PGA tour, and we're talking Morikawa. Uh, we're talking um, Nats- Matsuyama, two major champions,
1: right on the same, yeah, within an inch of the same. Yeah, well, I, think that, so that I, the, I think the perception is he's a little guy. Yeah. And the perception is he doesn't hit it far. He hits it plenty far. I reckon he does, yeah. So yeah I'm glad he hits it plenty seen, far. Because you've seen him, haven't you? You've seen him play he's a, he's a an He's an unbelievable player, like incredible player. Why he hasn't won more, I don't know. Yeah, okay. Just from what the commentators say, I, I don't know him personally. They say he gets pretty hot-headed, he gets pretty cranky. Maybe that's held him back a little bit. But Tiger did win around Liverpool without yeah, hitting a driver. Yeah, yeah. Admittedly, the course that was year parched. was hard and fast. Rory's won round there, driving it like he does. But I've been to Liverpool. You've got to hit it so straight because a lot of the fairways are angled. A lot of the tee shots are blind. It's You've got to hit it straight. But what I noticed with Harmon, even on the first hole on the last day, he's hitting three iron in and he's hit it, like, to 15 feet. Yeah, like, he yeah, he yeah. hit a lot of great... That's a, that's, a, that's
0: a reasonably length. He hit the ball. Five, he right. hit
1: the ball unbelievable. He putted unbelievable. He chipped unbelievable. To beat a world-class field like mm, that... By that many. And, and clearly he, you know, as he said, he had to battle his own expectations, his own mind, and he was able to overcome that.
0: And we see left-handers playing beautifully around Augusta, don't we, guys? It suits them, doesn't it? The little fade around the...
1: But well, Scotty, 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 said to me many, many years ago. He said, "I he th- he felt Bubba Watson win there five times." Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Can you see Harmon winning in the, at Augusta?
1: I can. He can because he's got the short game. Mm. Yes, you yes. know, you need an amazing short game to win around Augusta. Everyone talks about the hitting the ball right to left for a right hander or left to right uh, for a left hander, but if you look at the history of the winners at Augusta, short games are yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. But lefty definitely helps, right? Oh, yeah. So the live relegation system,
0: Gary, for this year, 223, this is for the 224 season. Do you keep your card or don't you? It's obviously a different format uh, situation to the PGA Tour. Um, 44 of the 48 um, keep their their uh, status on the live tour. I'm just going through this hoping that oh, you'll correct me, um, which means four players will lose, will be relegated, as they call it. So they, they go to a player school at the end of the year in November. It's a, that's an unusual format. I don't have the details in front of me, but um, you can play your way back on to the Live Tour. If you've come off it, like uh, some of those last four will, um, if you've played well on the international series events, you will be able to play in this um, qualification tournament. Um, but we looking. I'm just looking at the the 48 players and the, and the four that I'm seeing. Jed Morgan, the Aussie, is one of them. Um, what's the, what's the take on that?
1: Yeah, it's they they do talk about it on the coverage. They talk about relegation, and you get on the you get on the live website and you you try to work out what is this rele- relegation? How do you qualify? And from from what I understand, the bottom four, as you said, will lose their status on the tour. Now Jed at the moment, he's not officially in the bottom four. He's he's fifth last at the moment. Oh okay. But this is the but. So you've got Kepka, Kim and Piot, chesco Chase Kepka. Yeah. And Martin Kamer. Yeah. Yeah. But Kamer's a captain, so yeah. he can't lose his spot.
0: I think there's another one. There's another one that's a captain there as well, I think.
1: Not in the not in that not in that bottom Oh, okay. Five category. So Westwood? Sorry. He, he's 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 okay at the moment. Okay. The captains are okay anyway, no matter where yeah, they yeah, finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the point, yeah. So with Jed, if you took out Cameron and said, well, he can't go, Jed would be in the last. But what I understand at the moment, Jed's okay. Okay. But he's still got to survive a couple of events without Piot or Chase mm. or Kim mm. going past him. So he's he's still he's still, you know, got to sort of sharpen up. Now, as far as exempt, only in the top twenty-four mm. are actually exempt. Yep. Now, twenty-five through to forty-four, they can stay on the live tour if the captain wants to keep them on. Right. But from what I understand, if someone's in the bottom four, as we alluded to with Jeff, I don't, Jed, I don't even think the captain can keep them on. Uh, okay. So. Then you get okay, to the difference. then. Then, as you said, you get to the how do how do I get on the live tour? How does a guy get on the live tour? Well, you've got the qualif- international qualifying series tournaments, which are currently on at the moment. There was one on to so the Asian Tour, part of the yeah. There was uh, one Asian on PG last tour. night in England that that Matt Jones lost a ten-hole sudden death yeah, playoff.
0: <laughs>
1: now the winner of that order of merit of those, I think there's eight designated international series events. Yep. They they get a start on live. Straight on. But then as you said, then there's a separate tournament at the end mm. after the season finishes, I think where the top three get a start. Right. Which yes. will replace those ones that Yeah, so yeah. it's pretty complicated. Yeah,
0: okay, okay.
1: It's it's pretty complicated. So Jed
0: isn't necessarily oh, out yet, but no. he, he needs to stay on his game in like a couple of a, yeah, tournaments.
1: A, yeah. And and look the, I think the point system's ridiculous. For live, it's, okay. it's, it's 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 ridiculous. Still, it's still it's still new. It's still Why, new. It's a year and a half old. So, what they do, they if you finish twenty fifth in a live event out of forty eight players, you get one point. If You finish twenty six, you get no points. If you finish last, you get no points. So, yeah, okay. if you finish between twenty six and 48th, you get no points. Right. That is weird, isn't it? And at the moment, Jed's on three points. Kepka's on one point. Piot's on one point. Right, so if Piot say finishes twentieth in the next event and gets two points, he'll be the same as Jed.
0: Yeah. Okay. So oh,
1: yeah, it's, wow. it's 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 all too hard. They've got to sort it out.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If it's still on, is it going to be on next year? It's two twenty four. Yeah. They we'll,
1: well, I think I think Adelaide announced. Yeah, I know publicly yeah, that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I heard that.
1: So from what from what I understand, this 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 format will be. Definitely on next year. Yeah, okay.
0: And we'll find out maybe during the course of that year. It's it's long standing If there's, some, standing team, if there's some teams added. Yeah. Mm. Okay. It's oh. still coming, isn't it? Thanks, Gaz. I'll be back with a club review Strixen ZX2 utility hybrid iron. Backspin with Larry Canning and Gary Barter. Gary, as I said earlier in the intro, I. Um, I watched Rory McIlroy hit that magnificent long iron, which was a graphite shafted utility iron, I believe, three iron. For the listeners' sakes that don't understand what a utility iron is, some people refer to them as driving irons. I don't because my understanding of a driving iron, and this is probably outdated these days, was an iron that was almost like a wood that would just hit the ball a long way but would be shorter in length um, with a slightly shallower face than a wood. Easier to hit, maybe not go nearly as far on a tight par four, for example, but you'd never try and hit it off the ground. That was my old understanding of a driving iron. I think these days, uh, utility iron is a better description of these things because they are basically a hybrid long iron. You're a cross between a hybrid, rescue club as TaylorMade call it, and a, and a three iron. So they're a combo of both. We see a lot of the two players using them. Um, and I've I've been under the understanding that, these irons are pretty much for a really good player because you've got to be able to you know, create some kind of at speed to get the ball up in the air with them, as opposed to a normal hybrid utility, um, which you can just um, hit off out of a divot and it'll go up in the air. But this, I've tried this Strixen ZX2 utility iron after I saw Rory hit that magnificent shot and it inspired me. And uh, I used a graphite version, and in the past I've only tried it with steel, so I haven't really gone down this path with enough um, understanding of how how these things work, and it was just uh, it was magnificent. It was beautiful. I could I could get the ball up in the air quite easily. Um, I could also, when I hit a hybrid, and I think some of the listeners might identify with this. It's it's such a small golf club. I look down and I think I could miss hit that. You know, it's a shallow face. I don't know whether you've had this, and it's longer than an iron. So the the I know this. They're supposed to be. Almost foolproof, you can hit them anywhere, but I, I look at that and I think, I I, know I can't swing hard at that without fear of missing it completely, and I have done that. And out of the rough, I sometimes try and hit it out of the rough and I go straight under the ball and catch it right on the top and it goes about 40 yards. So my experience with hybrids hasn't been brilliant, um, so I've been always looking for an, a, another alternative, a, a, a five wood, I've tried, it just goes up in the air too high and I can't control it. But this iron... Which, which in length is just a bit longer than a normal three iron. The one I tried was a three iron loft, 20 degrees. It was easy to hit. And I, and I think, and my club head speed is, is almost that slow that I can get to the ball and almost stop before I get there. I mean, it, you know, you could put your <laughs> finger there and it wouldn't even touch, it wouldn't hurt it. So you found the versatility. It on. was so versatile. And then yeah. I, I started to get fancy with it and hit so it low shots and high shots, took it to the rough. Um and hit some shots out of the rough and and didn't miss hit too many. Um, I think the graphite shaft was the key because it gave me
1: a lot more spin. Yeah, the hybrids. Hybrids are they're sort of losing their value, especially with the better players. Yeah, I think that's the key. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: When, when better players are stretched for, to be calling me that, but um, you know, I, I can get
1: the club on the ball. But even even at club level, even at club level, I'm noticing now that. Even the members are navigating their way towards like a seven wood or a mm. or a whatever you want to call this this hybrid iron. There is
0: a, there is also there was also a uh, utility wood, which is another bird I'm going to try this next week. I'm, I'm having a meeting with um, our Callaway man. He's got this. There's a new. Um, oh, what are they calling it? I don't know what it's called. Utility. Let's just call it utility wood. There's a new utility wood, which is a cross between a five wood, and a hybrid. So it's a little bit different, slightly longer in shaft, but it, uh, it, apparently a lot of the tour players are using this as well. So I'll have a crack at that as soon as we get one. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it just seemed like a, um, a legitimate um, answer to someone who might feel the same as me when they put a hybrid down. It just looks like you've got a little salt shaker on the end of your golf club, and there's just not enough there to, <laughs> to rely on. And oh, an iron, this big juicy iron that Strixon are making, and then a lot of other companies make the same was easily the best option for me. So golfers out there don't have to be a golf pro or you can be my age, you can swing the club as slow as me or hard, whatever that you can get the shaft fitted to you, but definitely consider using a utility iron. Backspin with Larry Canning and Gary Barter. Well, on the line, guys, we've got Andy Matthews, Director of Performance NeuroPeak Pro in Michigan. G'day, Andy. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm doing well, gentlemen. Thanks for having
0: me on. It's a fascinating subject, Andy, and I think um, the level that you and your company are taking it to is is obviously way above and beyond what most people have experienced listening to us today. Working with the premier golfing tour players around the world, it must be um, tough. You've got to know your stuff, don't you? Can you explain exactly what your stuff is?
2: Sure. Sure, Larry. So Neuropeak Pro, we're a precision breathing and brain performance training company. So essentially what we do is we help individuals learn to breathe better so that they can perform under pressure. And as we all know, professional golf, elite sport, uh, there is a ton of pressure. And these athletes are looking for any edge that they can find. And while what we don't do is sports psychology, what I like to say we do do is sports physiology and help get their brain and body in the optimal state to be able to perform at their best.
0: Gary explains it. What's What was the term you used, Gary, before we went on air? We were talking about So
1: we
2: were psychology. the track
0: man.
1: Yeah, but we were saying that as golf instructors... We now have TrackMan to have quantifiable data. You can look at someone's golf swing and it, it could look nice aesthetically and the player is losing the ball to the right. And I suppose back in the day as a golf coach, we'd have an informed decision on what we'd like them to do. Now we can look at, track man and we can see the face we can see the path we can see what's really contributing to that ball flight above and beyond just the aesthetics of the swing and i was saying to larry before we come on air andy that this is a measurable technology
2: it is It's, it's a measurable technology and right you know we've all had those moments where we've had a glimpse into you know our peak performance some may call it the zone some may call it being in flow And it's often elusive. Uh, But when we start to quantify what the brain looks like and how our nervous system is reacting in different situations, we can actually identify, like you said, Gary, help quantify where someone is kind of on that continuum. Are they on the verge of stepping into the zone or are there things that are physiologically or neurologically getting in their way that's preventing them from playing their best? So what we do is we help identify, just like you're using your TrackMan or whichever launch monitor you use, to be able to identify those things that are invisible to the naked eye, but you know are producing results that aren't optimal. Uh, We use that data to be able to, to elicit changes out of the individual just by starting to change the way they do some things that we do every day. And the first thing that we always look at is how somebody breathes.
0: So what is that process, Andy, of identifying that?
2: Just like any, you know, coach or um, student may work with a with, with a coach, you know, you'd use video, you would use um, launch monitor to identify it. And for us, um, we use a device actually that we developed called the Intel Belt, um, N-T-E-L, Intel Belt. And what that does is it helps quantify the individual stress level. But it also, first of its kind, helps quantify what their physical respiration patterns look like. What do their breathing patterns look like? And that gives us an insight into how their physiology is responding. We can breathe in a way that helps elicit that calm, creative, zone-like state. And we can breathe in a different way that activates our body's fight-or-flight response. And I think we all can agree that peak performance, the flow state or the zone, doesn't happen when you're stressed. And so what we do when you look at the chain reaction, if you will, from an individual's breathing through their nervous system and into their brain you're able to start to use the breathing as a way to set the tone for that individual to be able to perform at their best.
0: On a chart, some of the extremes of, of examples of that, Andy, of someone who you found to be overly alert, under alert, too nervous. What are the, the descriptions of all those?
2: When we see someone who's breathing very quickly, very high in using the chest, not our, our stomach, our belly, our diaphragm, if you will. We've all heard of diaphragmatic breathing or belly breathing. Um But we don't often know if we're doing it correctly. And so when we see individuals who are constantly in an activated stress state that they're just sitting in fight or flight all the time, it's someone who's breathing really fast. And when I say that, it's 15, 18, 20 breaths per minute, which is more than two or three times faster than where our body can settle into that that state where we know we can perform.
1: Would that be similar to when I see how much tax I've got to pay?
2: <laughs>
0: Is that,
1: am, exactly. I, am, I, am I going to 20, 25 breaths a minute? <laughs>
2: but, you know, <laughs> very, very likely. And, and, you know, and that's one of the, you know, the common things, right? Whether we're standing over a six-footer to, to win, a, win a golf tournament or maybe take a few dollars off our buddies, all of those feels that we're feeling, right, the tension in the shoulders, you know, cold, sweaty hands, our hearts pounding out of our chest, we can't, we can't breathe, like, the body is doing exactly what it's supposed to do, and it's sensing danger, and when we measure it, that life or death situation paying your taxes or making that putt. The physiological responses
1: are the same. As a golf coach and as a player, and this is at all levels, you get a player that they'll say to you, gee, I'm great on the range. And when I go on the golf course, I don't mm-hmm. I don't hit the ball as well. Oh, how many times have you and I heard that, guys? And you've
0: probably heard it too, Andy. From all levels yeah. of golfers.
1: And Andy, you played high-level golf yourself. And so you've yeah. been on both sides of it. Were you experiencing any of this when you were playing? Did you seek out any help yourself when you were playing?
2: Absolutely, I did, and that's actually how I came to Neuropeak Pro in the first place. I was a client. I was playing PGA Tour Canada at the time, and I was making a habit of counting how much money I needed to make in the last event of the season to be able to keep my card. And that just was not fun because I felt like I was doing all the right things off the golf course, just like you as coaches and us as players have have seen a million times. And when it came time to put a score on the scorecard, things just look and felt different. You know, I was working with some of the, the best coaches and one of the best sports psychologists in the game. We've probably all read his book and Everything made sense to me. But when it came time to put that score on the scorecard, you know, I couldn't get out of my own way. I couldn't trust my swing. I was overthinking. I wasn't having fun. And my swing coach back here in Michigan introduced me to Neuropeak Pro. And so I started learning how to breathe. I started seeing how my breathing was affecting my stress response. Started to do some brain performance training, all in an effort to close that gap between what I was seeing on the range and in practice versus what I was seeing on the golf course. And for me personally, it completely changed the trajectory of my career. So that's why I I get so excited about this type of training because not only has it changed my career and my, my life as a professional golfer at one point, but now on the coaching side, being able to help others, you know, do the same thing because Yeah, whether you're a weekender and you're just out there playing for fun, you know, it's a heck of a lot easier on that the practice tee or the putting green than it is on
0: the first tee. I was hoping, Andy, you were going to make that point about the guy that's got the four-footer to beat his mates on the 18th or to win the Saturday monthly medal we have in Australia as opposed to the guy who's, who's got that putt to keep his tour card for the following year or, or a putt to win and give you a two-year exemption. I've often defended that to someone who says, yeah, I get nervous too. I, you know, when I used to say, I used to get incredibly nervous when I used to play the tour. Someone would say, it's all relative. You know, I get nervous when I'm playing, I've got that four-footer for the monthly medal. And I always mm-hmm. said, mate, you, you didn't lose your house, did you, that day? You set, had a job the following day? Yeah, yeah, of course I did. Well, you don't know what you're talking about, but there is a parallel, isn't there?
2: There certainly is. And, you know, I think that's where so many individuals have that light bulb moment to start to feel that they have some power over the stress that that they feel. We're never going to lose the excitement. We're never going to lose those, those first key jitters or butterflies, if you will, because, you know there's something on the line. where Part of the reason some of us play the game is for that little bit of competition, whatever it might be, whether we're just playing the golf course or we're playing somebody else. But when you have a moment, you start to figure out that there actually is a way to start to influence those, those feelings, all of those feels that we know when we're nervous or excited. When we have a chance to start to of influence things in return and feel like we actually have control over the situation and always feeling like the situation has control over us, Mm. You know, we start to see that light at the end of the tunnel that we can start to make some progress, which is really exciting.
1: So Andy, you and I met through your relationship with Nick Hardy. Nick started working with you. Mm -hmm. How long ago was that, over 12 months ago?
2: It has been actually. We started working with, with Nick and obviously Nick allowed us to share a little bit behind the scenes with, with our work with him. But yeah, he was on, he was on his medical and, you know, we both know Gary, how competitive and how much of a doer that, that Nick is. And, you know, we got connected with Nick to be able to help, you know, fill some time if you will, but it was filling some time with training that he was able to do while he was recovering that he felt, uh, and we knew he was going to be able to help set himself up that when he was able to return to return to the tour that he was going to be in a different and, and much better position. So, um, and just like our work with a lot of other athletes, with Nick, we started with breeding.
1: On the first day when you guys yeah. got together, how did you start with
2: Nick? The first thing that we did with Nick, we, we got him a training device that mentioned the Intel belt. And that allowed us to, to quantify what his breathing looked like. And so that helped us be able to chart the course um, for where were we were going to go for the next, you know, six to, to eight weeks. And we really just focused in on on his breathing. He was breathing too quickly like so many of us do. And we we're he was breathing using the wrong muscles. He was breathing high and up into his chest and not using his, his lower belly, if you will. And so just like making a swing change, We started working on some different muscle control for him to learn to be able to breathe better and start to influence that nervous system.
1: When you looked at Nick, if you had 10 golf pros at the highest level that play on a major tour around the world, was Nick's, was your observation or your analytics or data from Nick, was that similar to other players or, or do you see different traits with different players like a golf swing?
2: Nick fell into the camp that a lot of players do of breathing too fast. You know, we don't often see individuals that are that are breathing too slow. Um, And and Nick was one of those that was just breathing too fast and using the wrong muscles to do it. And um, like I said, that that was um, when you're able to see what your breathing looks like and how your stress response is um, is responding to that in real time. You know, you're able to make some pretty quick changes, and, and Nick was able to. And, you know, as simple as it is, Gary, and you, you well know this too, you know, we all we did for the first that first period of time was really work on his breathing. Is
1: that difficult to teach someone to breathe correctly?
2: Just like anything, you have to practice it. You know, we, we all breathe properly at one point in our lives when we were a baby. If you ever watch a baby breathe, you can see their belly rhythmically moving. They're not using their upper chest, you know, where society is today and the stresses that are on every one of us. You know, we just unlearn the way to breathe properly. And so to be able to, to kind of reawaken that neuromuscular memory, if you will, of how we once breathe and breathe properly, um, it starts to get at the root of, of why we're, we're always kind of a little bit more stressed than what we necessarily need to be
1: and with someone like nick is there sort of an ongoing surveillance of you monitoring his improvement with that or is that something you just do on day one and go nick you have got to do this and he's good to go forever or is it something that you have to keep an eye on like i'd keep an eye on a golf swing
2: we keep an eye on it where you know just like golf swings have a have a tendency to to kind of Get off track every once in a while, and individuals breathing can do the same. The same thing. That's why it's so nice to have a, a a feedback device to have the Intel belt that Nick can take with him anywhere in the world, and I can I can see how he's breathing. And out of the gate, we just try to get it to slow down. But just like we all know that every golf swing is unique, um, everyone, every everybody has a respiration rate, a breathing rate that their body resonates best with. And so that can, that can shift and change over time with, with travel, with sleep patterns, with diet, um, you know, just off course stress, you name it. And so we're constantly monitoring and looking at his data to be able to make tweaks so that we can help him be um, in peak physiological state, if you will. Um, every time he tees
1: it up. And in people listening to the podcast that were interested in this and whether they're an elite player or whether they're a nine handicapper or whether they're a 20 handicapper and they you know, they think, gee, I'd like to experience that. How would someone here in Australia, how would they start the journey of getting the benefit of this training? Is, is there an app? Do they have to buy a device? How does it all work?
2: Honestly, Gary, that one of the best things that they can do is download the Neuropeaks Pro app. Yep, um, It's out there for for Apple and, and Google. And there's actually four instructional videos in there that help lay out the foundational elements of breathing. So, whether or not you have the Intel belt, the device, or not, you can still learn to, to breathe better. And that's a great way to, to see if um, this piques your interest and wants you to, to dive in a little bit more. But that'll, that'll, introduce you to the intel belt as well um we have intel belts all over the world um elite athletes business professionals students teachers coaches trainers you name it are are all starting to incorporate a precision breathing practice into um into their training it's kind of becoming the the next frontier right we've all spending time in the gym nutrition is dialed in kind of the same things that I was feeling when I was playing and struggling, but you know, to be able to see how your body is responding under stress, to learn a way to be able to better manage that, um, you can do it and you can learn it. It's a learned skill to be able to perform better under pressure.
1: I felt that in that time that I've been with Nick. Even just giving him a golf lesson, he seems a little more thought-provoking. I don't think karma is exactly the right word. He seems more in a place to mm-hmm. take on board information. There's even a zone when you're learning golf and practicing golf. Obviously, we're talking about playing under pressure, holding that four-foot putt, going to Q school, trying to win the monthly medal as a member. But clearly, it's getting you to a place where you've got the, the soundness of mind to perform any task or learn a task.
2: Exactly. You know, and our body is going to be more receptive. Our brain is going to be more receptive to the information that we're being presented with when we're in a calmer, more focused state. You know, if we're stressed or if we're overwhelmed um, by the information or just by the environment that we're in, um, we're going to miss something. And, you know, I Larry, Gary, I mean, you know how many times have you tried to to get a player's attention by saying the same thing Six different ways
0: to try and get it to click. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> is. And the, the, the seventh <laughs> way is: um, let's go to the bar and have a beer instead of this lesson. Something. I'm, like,
2: <laughs> um, I'm going to throw this out
0: of left field here, Andy. Be ready. I've just written a column uh, in the magazine I write in about the yips, and it's taken me a long time to be able to write it without the fear of suffering them for the rest of my career. But at uh, mm-hmm. my point in my career, I can. It doesn't matter, and I'm playing for my living anymore. So, have you had anyone any any high profile applies with a bit yippy with wedges or, or putting that you've had to work with
2: i have i'm i'll uh, i'll keep them nameless for <laughs> yep. Um, yep for for that sake but you know when when you look at when you look at the the yip when you look at you know standing over that putt and you just maybe not the yips but you just start to feel your your hands tremble a little bit mm. and your heart starting to, to race a little bit those are all different levels of stress you know and You know, when we have an opportunity to start to turn the volume on that stress down just by doing something that we do every day, every minute of every day, and just changing the way that you breathe, it starts to, it starts to deactivate that, that stress response. And, you know, certainly an individual that's, um, that's struggling with the yips, you know, there's, there's a longer bridge to, to walk across as it relates to turning down that, that stress and, and feelings of anxiousness when you're standing over a putt because the expectations are there that you're supposed to make it. And when when we're able to to bring someone back, as, as Gary was saying, into a little bit more present, a little bit more receptive state, you start to find you've got access to those skills that you know that are there but are sometimes kind of hard to find when, when you're on the golf course and you know when you see someone start to that smile comes to their face if you will when they're like hey you know what I've, mm. I've got this I'm not yeah. going to feel perfect every single time I stand over it but if I'm 5% or 10% better when I'm standing over that next shot that's a heck of a lot better than I would have been otherwise.
1: And it can, it can help in life as well can't it? it can, because it's like I'm thinking to myself Next Sunday morning, if I've got to go and clean the two cars, rake up all the leaves, and clean up the garage, I'll definitely go in it with a much calmer mindset. Is that, is that
0: what? If you're paying that much tax, surely you can get someone to do that. Andy, sorry, if yeah, just if you can just respond to Gary's question there and. Um <laughs> in a sensible
2: As, way. <laughs> absolutely. The science behind breathing better doesn't change, right? Whether I'm talking to Nick Hardy on the PGA Tour, any athlete we work with, you know, Kirk Cousins in the NFL, if any of you tune into the new Netflix series, Quarterback, you'll see Kirk Cousins doing his breathing and brain performance training with us in episode four. Um, we have tennis players, we have pilots. And just, like I said, business professionals that are doing this because of the positive spillover effect, if you will, into, you know, your everyday life um, are, are pretty powerful. Um, I had one of our student athletes reach out to us last last December and he was getting ready to write an exam or he was in his finals, if you will. And he reached out and he said, hey, Andy, I used my golf reading before my finals wow. this year and it really helped. And, yeah. you know, if. For us, if we can start to, you know, just start to harness that power that we all have, it's in there, which is great. We just need to, we need a little help to find it. And if that allows us to to write exams better, to be better when we're having difficult conversations, when we're on the road and we get cut off in traffic and we start to feel that stress kind of increase up, I mean, if you've got an opportunity to allow that to to kind of fall off your back just by changing the way that you
0: breathe it becomes pretty powerful. Andy it's been intriguing as I suggested in our intro it was always going to be fascinating Chad and it has been thank you so much for being on our show just before you go I must point out that the Nick we are constantly referring to is Nick Hardy as you just said Nick came out on the tour just to put you in the picture slightly with Nick he came out onto the tour with massive raps Gary came out mm. when Sam Burns Morikawa uh, Matthew
1: Wolf all mm-hmm. came out he, he somewhat stalled a little he was on the Corn Ferry he he progressed through that and then the victory he had this year at New, yeah, New Orleans that's the, that's the, 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 you were already working with him at that time weren't you
0: the, the point I was going to make is I, yeah. I, I believe you and Andy Gary Barter and, and, and Andy uh, Matthews uh, are a big part of this breakout year that that Nick Hardy has had He's now a winner On the PJ Tour he's, he's exempt for two years yeah. Now he's off and running And a lot of it's To do with you two So Absolutely. congratulations Absolutely. To both it's of all, you two
1: It's all that. Andy and I It's like Nick it's yeah, not There's Nick not a single not a, Soul a, else in the a, team no, no, It's not a thing not, not, Nothing to do with No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not <laughs> his family Nothing <laughs>
0: <laughs> Andy thank you so much For being part of the show It has been fascinating Thank you mate
2: Thank
1: you
0: Yeah
2: re- really appreciate it And look forward to Speaking again
0: soon Thank you so much For coming on Thank you mate Feeling hungry for a tasty tip? Here it is. So, Gaz, our tip, I just was talking about my experience with the Srixon ZX2 utility iron out of the rough and out of downhill eyes and stuff. Let's talk about getting the ball out of the rough and getting it under a tree.
1: Yeah, I think it's undervalued. I think Dave Peltz, he did that research in the 80s in regard to the value of every part of our game to your score. And with his early research, he worked out that 47% of the game was putting the ball, 22% of the game was driving the ball. And what was interesting at the time, he came up with 13% was navigating your way out of trouble. Yeah, okay. And then it went into chipping, then it went into bunker play, then it went into iron play. Now, whether those stats are current with all our data that we're keeping nowadays, they're still clear that it's a high value in regard to our score. And that's when you and I were talking off air in regard to people working on their games and you've watched some practice... (laughs) you'd never really see someone practising trouble shots. Mm. Like, members will say to me, I'm no good at putting off the green. And you'll never see them get a bucket of balls and tip them down mm. and mm. put them 10 foot off the green and practise putting off the green. So it is a skill that you should investigate, obviously with some guidance, of course, and then getting back to your shot out of the rough. And that club, the Srixon, it's very versatile in regard to the different grasses, the different lies, more so than a little hybrid. We do, we do regard a hybrid as a club that, and as you said, Taylor made, called it a rescue to rescue yourself out of trouble. But generally, you're getting sort of one ball flight
0: mm-hmm.
1: and into the wind as well. So, the iron, the benefit of a, this, this cross hybrid iron, especially into the breeze, being able to hit the ball lower it's got a lot more versatility now those skills I, I would suggest that people should work on and with with guidance of course you know I'll, I'll often give golf lessons and we'll go out in the golf course drive it in the trees and then I'll, I'll talk about so what what will we do here so that's that's what we've always done isn't it well, you, you, you
0: go out with it you have a playing lesson. I've given them way back too, like you and other golf pros that we know. <laughs> um, and we, you just first thing you do is, yeah, you move it back. You've you, you got to take it a bit slower, take the, the speed off. because of it'll spin and go up into the tree. Or if, it, if you're coming out of a, a lush lie, you know you got to try and sharpen your attack. What, what would you – if you like a classic shot would be out of uh, rough that's, that's just across the top of the ball, so about as deep as the ball. What, what's your – your first tip on that, yeah,
1: well, if, and you're trying to get as much distance as you can. Yeah, so the, the the more the ball's sitting down, so you can imagine if you've got a length of grass and you, and your entire ball is under the top of the grass, mm-hmm. you've got to come down with a bit more angle. Yep, like it's it's imperative. So you you can't really sweep the ball because there's going to be too much grass between yep. the ball and the club. So, getting that angle down, getting that getting that sort of club attacking the ball on the back of the ball. And then you've got to realise that usually you've got to take less club too. Because normally someone would think, I need to hit this low under those trees. Mm, mm. My ball's sitting down. I'll get a five on that's it. That's the I'll hardest shot it. in
0: golf, surely. Yeah. I mean, the long bunker shot, maybe first, and then that hitting a, a low shot out of thick rough under a tree limb. Yeah,
1: that's and then, and, and then you know, as, as as the as the lie becomes a little bit better, so, I, you know, my, my rule would be if half of the ball is above the top of the grass, mm. then you can sweep it. Okay. Because clearly the ball is still not on the ground at that point. And then when it's right on the top, then you've got to be hitting it like a you're hitting it off a high tee. Mm-hmm. It does take a bit of self-discovery. My, my only advice would be when I'm out on the course with the members and say we're in the trees, the first thing you want to do is get yourself out of trouble. So you don't want to make, you don't want to get yourself in more mm-hmm. trouble mm-hmm. after being in trouble. So I just say to somebody, look, if you had 10 shots from here, out of 10, how many would you be able to hit under that yeah, branch? yeah, yeah. Oh, three makes okay. sense. Or so. So, bottom line is: when you're in trouble, take your medicine, get yourself out of trouble. Number one: when you become more skilled, then you get fancy and advance it further up, navigate some bunkers, try and get on the front of the green. But in that situation too, take take your time and and make a good decision. Mm. Don't don't get in there panic and then just think I got to get out of this place because then you'll get into more trouble. Because we're talking to a lot of golfers that. Can can well afford a bogey,
0: and not do any damage to their scorecard, right? Or even, it is a, even some some of it
1: is a very psychological game. I I, I was with one of our great members at the Australian Golf Club, Doctor John Chong, who has two shots on every hole, and we're on the eleventh hole at the Australian, hundred and sixty meter par three, mm. and I said, John, this is a par five for you. It's actually a par five. I said, if you got on this tee and someone said this is a par five, how do you how do you think you'd go? he yeah, said, oh, I'd be yeah. so easy. So easy. <laughs> there it is. He said, but I, don't I he said, but I wipe this hole every week. And I said, John, it's a par five. Let's 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 just hit the hit the hit your little three wood, lay it up short. so it is an amazing game, Isn't psychological. Yeah, yeah. Like the first the first hole at the Australian's a par five, but in the Australian Open, they played as a par four. Mm. And if you play it as a par five, the pros will go, This is the easiest par five in the world. Now it's a par four. This is a really brutal start. <laughs> this is just.
0: Same This, golfer. this is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it is an amazing game. Yeah. Thank you guys. We'll be back after this with a bit of a spit. It's not really a spit. It's more a um, yeah, it's a spit. Let's call it a spit. Yeah, we're going to have a spit okay, guys. Okay, great. You're tuned to Backspin with Larry Canning and Gary Barter. Gary, the FedEx Cup. We've just seen the end of that. Um, Victor Hovland won handsomely. We um, we look at this event every year. Before Liv started, I looked at this event and thought this is just way too much money to be playing for. The rich get richer. There's only 30 in the field at the last event that can win. Where Our mindset's all changed now because Live has changed that, and that's that's a good part of live, I think, as there are many. But the final tournament where there's 30 players, and we see the leader of the FedEx Cup, and in this case, it was Scotty Scheffler entering that tournament 10 under before anyone hits a two shot, eight under, John Rahm, Rory McElroy, seven. You know, it was Victor Hovland, six. How do you, if you like Jason Day, maybe a little further back, well, Jason started one under. There's an example. How does Jason give Scotty Scheffler nine bloody shots start? Mm. On a golf course like that, and expect to win. Yeah. So, it's... is there an alternative? And and I've knocked this, as I said in the intro, I've knocked this. Um, I've, ne- I've never liked it. I, I, but I've never come up with an alternative. But listen to this. I was talking to Heath, my son, a PJ member, the other day, and we, t- we were talking about this. I was going on SCN radio, and I th- thought I was going to get asked this question. So, and I'm going I said to Heath, I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash this this weird way they play this this last tournament, the to a championship. Have you got any alternatives? He said, Yeah, match play. I said, oh. Does that keep their interest? He said, "Yeah, but use the AFL NRL system. So um, you know, you take the top one and the bottom one. It, it, it could be a knockout, a round rob until they get to eight, perhaps players. Given that you've got, uh, you know, the, the first four would have um, their own little category, so they could lose or one or two matches, or
1: and still, you know, yeah, I think that's, that that sounds better. I think if you had Scheffler playing against Taylor Moore, or whoever was near the." end of the qualifying mm. and, and Taylor Moore knocks him off which you you know can happen yep, in yep. match play Scheffler gets another gets life gets another start yeah, yeah he yeah. gets another life I think if Scheffler went the first round because the, the tour championship yeah it would lose everything wouldn't it if the, if the favourites went out first yeah, yeah and the FedEx Cup it's a it's a, it's a divvy one but that, tell Heath at least he's thinking yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> with his with a, with the surname of Canning, that is really special. Yeah. And my wife's mm. quite smart too, and now my mother, two sons. But <laughs> I'll put a mention them as well. No, I think there's there's definitely uh, merit to it, and uh, and that could be uh, the answer. I don't. Do I ring Jay? Have you got his number? He'd, he'd pick up, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. No, he'd, yeah. See, he'd see your name and just Larry. Yeah. Oh, Laz, Laz. <laughs> yeah. We'll give him a crack. Do you have anything to add to that, spit, guys? No. I,
1: I, look, I look. Look, it's just something that it's something that is being always been a little bit annoying. I think you know, back in the day, it was you know, a player could win the tour championship, and we saw that, didn't we? No, we yeah, with, and then, with Tiger and then, Woods. And the, yeah, and then a player can win the FedEx Cup. Yes. And it's like. Yeah, you got the emotion of the player winning the mm, tour championship, mm, which mm. is all they're watching. And by the way, but um, the FedEx Cup's supposed to be bigger.
0: Justin, come over here. Well, Justin Rosa was there. Yeah, year, the Tiger won. Yeah. Um, can you can now pick up your 20 mil as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah and it, all, it was
0: all a bit flat, so <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it? So they had to change something. They've come up with this, and it's kind of semi-work, but I think that's Heath Canning's. Definitely I'm sure there's been
1: it. some pretty good minds trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. But have they have they
0: heard of the AFL and NRL system. There's a McIntyre system, which is a variation of that again, mm. which might even be better. Yeah. Gary, thank you for being part of the show. Thanks, thank mate. you all our guests. Andy, thank you for producing our show. And we'll see you all again in our next podcast of Backspin